Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Walk Culture Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Hilford, joined by Ben Roy Turner. Billy Bigger. <laughs> and Josh Brown. Hello, boys. Hello, chat. Now, me and Mr. Josh Brown have both been playing Returnal. Mr. Ben Roy can finally now say he's been playing a bit of the old Resident Evil Village. Just a little bit of it, yeah. Just a little tiny little bit of it. The review should be live uh, by this point that this uh, footage goes out. And um, yes. if you're listening to it on the audio feeds, come across and check out the, the YouTube uh, review of Resident Evil. Uh, it will leave all those thoughts, a majority of those thoughts, in the review itself. Maybe me and Ben will get around to a bit of a chat at the end of this podcast. You never know. Um, but I did think that we would sort of springboard off Returnal, the conversations that are going on around that. Um, because for the longest time, you know, it's been this whole sort of talking point around is £70 slash $70 too much for, um, you know, a newly released title. It's something that if you sort of look back last year when it got introduced around the run up to the new consoles, it was the first time that game prices have gone up in about 15 years. And the $60 price point has been there since about the 90s. Um, and there's a whole bunch of, you know, pros and cons when it comes to increasing the, the retail price of the average game. Um, and it's not like it's being adopted widespread. It's very much just Sony leading the charge and you've kind of got uh, Activision and uh, 2K and stuff alongside. Um, but as an opening sort of question, um, do either of you guys think that £70 slash $70 is too much for a video game? A little bit, I think it is. <laughs> you know, you, I mean, yeah, you can make the argument that it hasn't gone up in a long time. But I think ultimately, like when you're going to spend some money on a product like this, it's just raises the barrier for entry. And I feel like, you know, while a lot of people might be able to afford that, be able mm. to splash out on, um, you know, a 70 pound game whenever they want, you know, so many people won't and it'll only make things like Returnal or, you know, whatever else Sony has in the pipeline. That's a little bit risky. That, that's not a God of War. That's not a Horizon. It'll make those an even more difficult sell because now you have to pay this premium price point on something that they might not one be able to afford and two have no belief in you know there might not be a new reviews or the reviews might come out late or they don't know if they want to they don't know if they want to try the genre and stuff like that i just think it makes things less you know varied it gives people less choice 
And ultimately, I do think it will lead to a lot of people not trying good games just mm. because it's not a major well, that's, franchise. That's know? literally happening right now with Returnal. Like the opening figures have come back for Returnal. It's number two in the uh, the UK charts, but it is behind Pokemon. So it's not like it, it is up against something that is already extremely popular. Um, but there is already a write-up over on Den of Geek that it's coming in behind the other Sony exclusives so far. Um, but again, you know, they are up against Spider-Man and Demon's Souls, established IP. Returnal is brand new. Um, but that whole conversation around, you know, can you even approach putting a price tag, a premium price tag as high as 70? I'm just going to go with pounds, 70 pounds on something like Returnal, or is that just a death sentence? Like it, it felt like one in the run up. And now that the, some of the numbers are coming in, um, like I did a very quick poll over on Twitter just to sort of get a feel for are people actually playing this, whether or not it's through availability of the PS5 or the price tag. Um, and 80% of people out of the thousand that have answered so far said they're not even touching it. So it's like the price point could be part of that. But um, Ben Roy, what's your thoughts on matching, like, I guess, expectations of a 70 pound game with what you get? I'm just going to echo pretty much what Josh has said the whole time. And also, I, if you're going to pull this, you should have pulled this with one of the one of the bigger dogs. I mean, I mm. uh, Demon Souls was Demon, seventy. That's the thing. So I wrote some stuff down because we've got uh, yeah, Demon Souls came out at seventy. Uh, yeah. The Ultimate Edition of Spider Man was seventy. Spider Man Miles Morales was seventy. Um, and then you know, since then, it's been Oddworld, Soulstorm, and Destruction All Stars. But obviously, they were both PS Plus. So Returnal yeah. was the sort of like that was them demoing the model again. Um, and a lot of the conversation around you know whether or not these games are worth seventy that was kind of hung on Ratchet and Clank, which we can get to in a little bit. Um, but with Returnal being this kind of quirky, kind of one-off, you know, it's housemark, but they're doing like an overshoulder shooter. It's not what they're known for, and it is in UIP. I feel like it's kind of worked completely against that game. I mean, it's one of the major reasons I'm holding off. Sure, mm. it's only 10 more English pounds, but the thing <laughs> is, those 10 more pounds could go to anything else, Mark. But yeah, like, it's, it's so weird that they've picked Returnal, and it's so weird, like, because it's, again, there's not many PS5s out there compared to like, other consoles and it's unproven it's like for the most part like in the wider sphere house no one knows like there is no. words who house mark are really right no. it's like how many people uh like if you were to poll like know what resogun is and get other games like that that's not a knock towards them but it's not it's not a name like a god of war or say you'd go for the horizons or last of us is uh last of us eyes uh and like say when those games come out, like when Horizon comes to both, is the PS5 of Horizon going to be 70 and the PS4 going to be cheaper? Vice versa. And are they, and are they through the thing where every game has that weird upgrade you can do anyway? So, I mean, like the Resident Evil is not going to be 70, it's 54, mm-hmm. 50 around on the internet. So, like, and that game is uh, it's worth the money you pay for it, sort of thing, I would say. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't, it's so weird how some of these other bigger names are just staying, staying around. You've only got certain games that are going for at the moment, and it feels like this push that is half baked. And if they see anything like, say, where like a Sony Bend was slightly screwed by Sony uh, business before, I hope Housemark don't get screwed in the same way where then they get relegated to some sort of like naughty step and then they have to work on The Last of Us uh, Factions Remake 7 or something like that. Yeah, like I was, I was, I briefly mentioned in the podcast last week that it's almost feels like Sony's, you know, projecting this kind of like self-fulfilling prophecy where they're saying, you know, um, you know, people don't want like these unproven things. We're just going to push ahead with our big exclusives, our big franchises and stuff. And that will start coming true if this price point puts people off, you know, buying into these new things or experimenting around, you know, just from like a, a personal kind of like anecdote. I remember when we were buying our launch games, you know, and there was a bunch of stuff coming out and I was, you know, talking to you guys about Godfall 
for quite a while and I was thinking I'm going to give this game a go I'm going to you know jump in I want some next gen games this is a next gen exclusive I want it to blow me away but I didn't want to take a risk for 70 pounds like once that drops I'll give it a go but at that point you know buying the PlayStation buying Miles Morales buying Demon Souls like the cost of entry was already pretty damn high so to Mm. then think about throwing down another 70 pounds on a game that you know critically came out to like six out of tens, some seven out of tens, stuff like that. Ultimately, you know, people saying it's not a must buy, it made me kind of recede. And now I don't know if I'll ever play Godfall, but if that was, you know, just the regular price from last year, I might have been more inclined to give it a go because it Mm -hmm. was a launch title after all. And I think, you know, like, like Roy was saying, when Sony has these big franchises, it's going to work out for them. They're going to make more money than ever. Like the the Last of Us Part Three, God of War Two, Horizon Forbidden West, they're going to make more money in part because obviously the the desire for those games is there. But now they're getting an extra ten dollars on top of it. Mm. But ultimately, while that while the ceiling for those games might get higher, it's going to get lower for I think stuff like Returnal or you know anything How's- else they have planned. Yeah, I have a wider question too. Do you think that um, like the a lot of the conversations around you know Sony as a brand, like going into the next generation, like you know Jim Ryan at the start of 2020 when everyone was sort of talking about like because you know you flash back a whole year, we hadn't even seen the system. Like it was that whole idea of like what are they doing? Are they having all these manufacturing problems? Are they actually going to be able to bring systems out? Is it all going to get delayed or whatever? And I'm sure it was Jim Ryan. It was definitely one of the Sony uh, top people who was like just wait until the console comes out and wait till the games and it'll all fly. And I think that in the run up to the console releases those you know those crucial couple of months beforehand when they brought in this 70 pound thing um it was very much hebristic sony it was ps3 era sony it was you'll pay this because we're playstation and you know these are the games you want this is the price tag done and like i said there's been other sort of companies that have followed suit but i feel like in the months since then when the way the generations panned out where it's been a little bit weird with the amount of you know availability of the systems and the conversations around sony and how many different balls they've dropped across the last sort of month or so and it's just i don't know if you've noticed but the amount of new trailers they've put on their playstation channel they've just been trying to get a lot of good again and i kind of wonder if that i said that that sort of hubristic full of themselves style sony is actually something that was more they were more self-assured last year and that's just a 70 pound price tag is actually maybe going to have to go away because they're going to end up sacrificing so many games to it in the long run they believe in generations right but (laughs) they do i think Hmm. i think the rumors are flying around that godfall's coming to like last gen or at least it's gonna yeah, flow around somewhere yeah. else and the only thing they believe in generations is if you've if if two you're playing it takes two for example uh if you want to use a, a ps5 controller and a dual shock <laughs> 4 you've just got to download the ps4 version because it just doesn't want to <laughs> that's the way it believes in generations and it's only believing in like the weirdest and most awkward ways mm-hmm. whereas like if you were to get two people playing that on xbox you could just both both use any Xbox controller from the beginning of the Xbox One. Mm-hmm. And it's just like things like that that are just little chinks in the armor as, as we go along. And with Godfall being just well, who who have you seen mention Godfall apart from Josh Brown since the <laughs> I did when it very first came out, but even I didn't yeah. get that far through it. I thought it made a good first impression and that was it. And then, and then it just died on the vines, right? And then it's been for and for for an a launch game on a system mm. which didn't have many games, like many fresh things on there. Like Spider Man and Demon Souls, but there's things where, like we've had Spider Man's before and Demon Souls is a remake of a great game before. Mm-hmm. But like the fact that that game didn't make the massive splash then. Well, even, um, you know, I looked at, like, obviously, wider stuff. Like you said, there's Godfall, there's M- NBA 2K21, obviously, if you're a basketball fan, the NBA 2K series. Yeah, it's available on Xbox. 
but also, you know, like just the fact that that, that game is always going to have a player base. But Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, the first Call of Duty to be £70, I think, um, still it hasn't had the tail on it. And I know that Black Ops Cold War is in the shadow of Modern Warfare anyway. But you could also point to the price uh, and just say, well, people aren't prepared to pay this um, because it is just going to affect the amount of games that can be made to be hung on that price point. I guess there's another wider question as well. Like when you think of a £70 price tag, does something like Returnal fit that? Do you guys have like a a sort of assumption of what kind of game you're getting? And does that, if we think of that from a marketing standpoint or from a publisher standpoint, is that then going to affect which titles get greenlit? You sort of touched on that before, Josh, but like the, yeah. could absolutely just go, well, that's not going to bring in seven. Like you're never going to get a return or two at this point, especially if that current yeah. day is gone. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that's definitely like an element of it because it narrows, you know, what people view as kind of like value in games and it centers mm. the conversation around stuff that I think can be quite reductive or unhelpful to the larger discussion of games criticism or whatever. You know, like you look at like the Returnal reviews and it's a bunch of people saying, well, this isn't worth 70 pounds. Like, why is this worth 70 pounds? And obviously that's a very valid question, but then that becomes all people talk about that becomes the yeah. only point of discussion. That's going to be the title of this video because it's the salient point. But is that extra £10 worth all the hassle it brings? I don't think it is. But when it comes to like the core value of Returnal specifically, I personally do think it's you know worth that money. Funnily enough, I didn't until I tried it. You know, before like the reviews came in, before we got our codes and stuff, I was potentially going to hold off, maybe wait for a drop in price, see how the reviews did. Mm. It was only by playing it myself where I thought, like, wow, like I, I think this is excellent. I think this is worth the money. I think a lot of people should play it, give it a go. But that's a hard <clears> sell if you're on the other side, if you haven't had a chance to experience it. Like Benroy, for instance, you know, waiting, you know, waiting for it to come down before you try something new. Mm -hmm. Um I think if you look at Returnal in its core aspects, like the length of it, the production values, the, you know, just how solid like the gameplay is, how solid the shooting is, how solid the combat is. I do think it's a quality product, mm. but we, we're again in this kind of like weird position where I'm trying, you have to convince people much <laughs> more than you would if it was just regular price, because you have yeah. to like justify that price point because it is a really steep price point. So it comes with all of these kind of, you know, negatives and all of these um, boxes that you have to take off. Yeah, it's it's this amount of hours. Mm -hmm. It's It looks like this. It's got like all of this replayability and stuff. It's got all of these branching weapons, all of these branching things. And it ultimately, ultimately becomes almost like a check listing exercise of, well, it has all this stuff, therefore it is worth $70. And I think that's just kind of like road and things aren't going to hit that. Mm -hmm. And then, like I said at the beginning, you know, you're going to get this narrow, narrower view of what is worth full price and that won't only just be reflected in people buying things it'll be reflected in people greenlighting things as well mm -hmm. i'm going to very quickly throw a little quote in um from uh, sean Layden, the former playstation worldwide studios head essentially the dude before jim ryan um, who said uh, after departing he was speaking speaking to um gamesindustry.biz and um, who said i would welcome a return to the 12 to 15 hour triple a game i would finish more games first of all and just like a well-edited piece of literature or a movie looking at the discipline around that could give us tighter more compelling content um one of the biggest conversations like around the increased price tag is that game development budgets are skyrocketing and they need to try and match that in regards to you know making sure that a game recoups its budget uh, or making sure that we can continue doing games of that size but Layden was you know just addressing on the face of it that not every game needs to be the biggest most over-the-top yeah. thing possible um, and that actually you know that gets away from a wider variety of titles in a medium in a genre etc and I think I think you shoot yourself you shoot yourself in the foot um, doing that Mike because like if <clears throat> if if we just you know value something by its length by its wrote our our account we'll get something like Days Gone which I really yeah. liked but Days Gone is a complete bloated mess especially as back 
half hour, you'll get like the new Assassin's Creed where, you know, it's quantity over quality. And then people will look like, look at tight 10 to 15 hour experiences and then make the judgment that they're not worth, you know, 70 pounds or whatever. I know there's been a big stink kicked up over the weekend about the length of Resident Evil Village. Apparently that's only like 12 hours or something, you know, I'm sure Ben Royal have more to say about that. But, you know, people <laughs> were kicking off about that, about why should they buy it full price? And it's, to me, it's like, well, that doesn't, just because something comes in, it clocks in less hours than a day has gone or Assassin's Creed or something, doesn't mean that the value isn't there. You have to take into account replayability. You have to take into account the quality of the story that's being told, the quality of the experience, not just, am I going to get 80 hours out of this? But mm. at the same time, I can sympathize with people thinking that way because they've almost been you know, told to think that way over the past few years, especially when prices keep getting you know, higher or it, if the prices aren't getting higher until now, the in-game prices are getting higher because you don't necessarily get a complete experience until you've bought into all the battle passes, if you've bought into all the DLCs, expansions, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So they're paying a lot of money and they expect a lot out of it. So I do sympathize in that sense that you're spending 70 pounds on something you want it to be you want to get your value out of that and this is also in an era you know where things are coming out completely broken there's no trust that something is actually going to play well at launch <laughs> so there's that factor to think about as well but yeah for me i just i want to see a return or at least a balance and um, between these big open world epics and these more tight you know well-told um 12 to 15 hour experiences mm -hmm. you know make a return get back on a blockbuster level returnals price point in a sec but yeah benroy what's your thoughts like from the question i asked josh before like what do you think of when you think of a 70 pound price jewelry isn't a gift you give just once it's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it blue nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Before we go any further, I want to talk to you about today's sponsor, Masterclass. With the amount of time we spend discussing and analyzing video games on this channel, it's always good to understand exactly how these experiences are put together. And fortunately for me, I can do just that with Masterclass. With Masterclass's streaming service, you can learn from the best to become your best, studying and growing with over 200 plus of the world's leading instructors. For me, I've been having a blast using a class on video game design by The Sims creator Will Wright to find out exactly how game mechanics are designed around player psychology as well as learning how important playtesting is to shipping the titles that you and I both love. But it hasn't stopped there, as I've also been brushing up on my practical filmmaking skills directly from my favourite movie director Martin Scorsese, as well as trying to get back in the cooking game with Roy Choi's amazing course on intuitive cooking. Seriously, my kitchen is a mess, but my belly has never been more grateful. 
For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to courses on your phone, computer, smart TV, or even via audio-only modes. Even better, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, and 88% of members feel that the service has made a positive impact on their lives. And to put the cherry on top of that cake, right now, What Culture Gaming listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com forward slash gaming. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash gaming. What's that? You want it one more time? Well, that's the URL masterclass.com forward slash gaming. Right, now I'm going to watch Tony Hawk try to teach me how to ollie properly. I'll see you all soon. Hi. If every game was the length of The Last of Us or every every game was 80 hours, I wouldn't, I'd be dead. Like, <laughs> like I was thinking about The Last of Us 2 again. When I beat it again, when I beat it for the third time, I was like, what have I done to myself again? But also it's just so damn like long in certain aspects. Like, I don't know whether, like, I've just looked at the embargo and I can't see anything about saying how long it took me to beat the game, but okay. it was a comfortable length, right? And well, this will be going after the review, so... Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I guess so, yeah. I didn't turn the review either, to be fair. I'm just I'm just too scared. <laughs> Secret info uh, for those that stick around. But, um, I mean, what, Resident Evil 3 was like... I could smash that game in about an hour and a half towards the end when I was running for it like, three or four times. <laughs> uh, Village, I'm just going to say... I'm just going to wave my hands here in case I need to edit out. Village took me... 10 hours to beat, right? And that's 10 hours on the clock, though, but I'm pretty sure the clock in the in-game is wrong compared to the PlayStation clock, and there's some things going on there, but it felt like about 10 to 12 hours, and that was great. Like, there was so much that game, there was such variety, and it wasn't bloated out. Everything was to the point, and it was... Just such a, I, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna use the 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 word. The, it's such a visceral horror experience. I love the word visceral because it's been overused <laughs> in every like this sandwich is visceral, but the, it was just such a tight experience. There was no bugs, nothing ever broke, no crashes. It just it just damn worked for for once. <laughs> the hat and. It, having a package like that was so tight and so well crafted and just such an enjoyable moment from beginning to end with Mm -hmm. so much variety and and looking as it does like like that i would take that more over than like say 80 hours of days gone again where i enjoyed days gone as well right but at the same time you're just like well that's the thing right i think somewhere along the line it's i don't know if it was a, a corporately mandated thing maybe it's a test audience thing maybe it's based on the amount of consumer data that different publishers can access now um, yeah. But somewhere along the way, the idea of making sure you get your money's worth came from sheer length. And Ubisoft are like a prime example of that. Like I mentioned the Assassin's Creed games before, because their average finish time is like 150 to 200 hours, especially across Origins and especially Odyssey. Um, and Valhalla is an absolute beast as well. But it's just like I fundamentally disagree with that. Like I would take a more pristine 10 hour experience. Um, maybe not. That's the thing. Maybe not for 70 pounds. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It depends how but well. Village is 54 and also. So like the Resident mm. Evil games have always been designed to be replayed, right? Like I'm yeah. going through now with some <clears throat> little little fun gimmicks that you always get after you play the first Resident Evil, and now it's, it's a different experience there. And then there's the mercenary modes, which is um, a, a lot more fleshed out than I, I would have expected it to be. Like that that is also a side thing that's going to just be a fun little arcade romp at the same time. But yeah, like you're going to get your money's worth out of this like i i I might lose the fight when it comes to the resident evil 3 thing like that was a bit short like imagine if that was 70 pounds that was like 50 as well but Mm -hmm. 
I just I feel like in general, though, yeah. like that idea of like, what's the shortest length? That, uh, is there a minimum length that a game should hit if they're going to sell it for £70? Like Returnal's structure is built, it's a roguelike, so it's, it's built on replaying stuff. It's built on restarting. You get yeah. the time invested because you are restarting, unless you're the Adonis Josh Brown and you burn through it on your second <laughs> life. But for the most part, um, you're going to be restarting and getting through it across a, a number of lives. It's really weird because I personally don't think it's worth £70, but I also haven't seen all of it yet. So it's like mm-hmm. I I just I've died to the third boss like twice and I've been kicked back to the start and I raged out and thought nope and just left and went to take some photos of Pokemon to recover. But it's weird if you talk about the that idea of how do we sort of calculate what is worth seventy pounds. For me, there's something about the return of the core experience that because it is so tile based and biome based and you know you're restarting this arcadey set of mechanics, it doesn't have that extra pristine layer of narrative storytelling acting i don't know this extra stuff that i would say uncharted last of us these other exclusives do and it's yeah. it's weird obviously every, every reviewer is going to have their own way of breaking that stuff down um but i think that maybe factors in on their end as well when it well maybe it doesn't it doesn't because they've charged 70 for this and then you know ben Roy mentioned earlier the horizons the god of wars they feel more uh naturally worth 70 pounds but that's because i'm adding this invisible layer of extra premium yeah. thing on the top that's it, right? That's what I, like, I was kind of like getting at when I was talking earlier about like the discussion becoming centered around this one thing. And in mm. my opinion, I think it's quite reductive because then we get into these arguments over what this nebulous element <laughs> of pristine actually is. And that's going to change depending on like each person and what £70 is worth to them and how much you know that means like to them. It's like that makes a five-star review, like that extra thing kind of yeah it's like what makes what's the difference between like a four and a half star review and a five star review like you said it's often like this weird thing that you can't quite place this overall cohesiveness this overall level of transcendence that will change depending on the reviewers you know i can come in and say yeah returnal's worth 70 pounds because of the length because of the quality of my, my opinion and stuff but then mm-hmm. someone else could easily go well that wasn't that didn't have this weird element of you know shine to it that a last of us had which i can you know fully agree with to an extent i do know what you're getting at when you say mm-hmm. that you know obviously there's a element of production value that again like the last of us inherently comes with because it's just you know you it, it wears its money on its sleeve you know and the amount of people working on top of that but it's at the same time yeah. it opens up an entire other conversation about whether that encourages you know the the crunch conditions and stuff and all of these people working overtime to make that a thing in the first place so mm. i just i just feel like it becomes this kind of like nebulous conversation where we're chasing what that extra 10 pounds means and it's like <laughs> an extra 10 pounds at the end of the day and like i say that's why i think sony's shooting themselves in the foot with that because that becomes the conversation it doesn't become yeah. whether or not returnal is good or you know well, I was what it, that, playing it. like I, i'm playing through it going like oh i don't know about the yeah. price tag and it's like that, that both is the most important thing because that's the most upfront cost and is also the least important thing because it's the one element of the game that's not going to stick. It'll be discounted in the next few months regardless. It's, yeah. it's, and games yeah. do games do get discounted so much, right? But then like, if it's always it's always weird. But then if you're so, if, if we're all so frugal about £10, why are we? It's like, if you can't, is it you can't afford it and you get into these all economics thing? Like, I simply won't buy it because I don't want to pay that much for it. And I'm going to be living in a village until I finally play Mass Effect and I can a few weeks and like do you think you would have bought it if you didn't have resident evil or mass effect around the corner if this was the only game that was out this month with the 70 pounds still put you if there was no mass effect i would have bought yes right i mean like at the same time 
if it had come out of launch, I would have not even questioned it. I would have, mm. you, you're getting in, you're getting in my pocket, your mind sort of thing. <laughs> but like, um, yeah, they also, I don't get why everyone doesn't just, I mean, I do get it because I'm not a business person and you can't just shift things around like that. But like sometimes you look at release schedules, I mean, like Sony, are, well, we're Sony. But at the same time, when you look at where Eternal's sort of placed between that village and Mass Effect soon, it's like, the, for me, there's no competition with those games. And like, <laughs> it's only going to get worse. Like, um, think when we're going to get a, a few 70 pound games come out like the end of this year and next year when everything comes out and we're overwhelmed mm. and we yeah. just want to like hide because there's so much to play. Like, it's going to be a bloodbath and people, people, so people are going to get screwed over like a Sony bend, even though their game sold really well, but it just didn't hit another marker. I mean, you know, you bring up a good point, like with these games releasing so close to each other and inviting those direct comparisons. I know, like, obviously, you know, now we're in the gaming industry, we talk about games for our job, you know, we, we've got a, you know, a, a nice financial security here where we can buy these games, we can go from game to game. But I know if I was, you know, a little bit younger in uni or younger, you know, when I'm getting one, two games a year, if I'm looking at Returnal at £70 and Resident Evil 8 Village at 55 right? You know, even if Resident Evil is shorter, that's the brand I know. That's the game I have a fondness for and it's cheaper. So I'm going to get that every single time. You know, I'm going yeah. to get that every single day of the week rather than spending more on something that is unproven. And that is unfortunate for Returnal and people who, um, you know, worked in it and how much of a great game that is. But if the economic realities of it is, if I'm in that position, I'm going to gravitate to the thing that i know you know mm -hmm. better or worse we'll also say as well that like you know obviously sony you want to push these price points they do want to like you know that if they could attach a 70 pound price point to everything they're putting out under the playstation studios name i'm sure they would but i think it's also it's like a weird talking point that they've sort of just dumped destruction all-stars and dumped Oddworld onto ps plus um Oddworld is a way more complete game than destruction all-stars but there's still a lot of ps2 era dna in that game like it feels notably old school in a way that makes it lovable and charming to people who grew up across that era but i think if they if they charged ben you probably back this up but if they charged 70 pound for soulstorm i think there would be maybe a riot on our the collective hands yeah i mean i i just said to my friends that like, i'd probably spend like I, I, it's just fan the minute like i would probably spend like 50 <laughs> on Oddworld. like i yeah. got 23 hours out of that game like, that, that, that. but at the same time you could see like Oddworld wouldn't make the 70 pound like price point right and, like a destruction all stars that game is already dead and if it came out at 70 pounds it would be even deader <laughs> like it would be you would be pushing it into graves like with the et copies like like <laughs> I, I, you can't it would have been the bloodbath for that game and i'm sorry if anyone who's worked in it is even listening that's the thing like but come on like you, you it's, it's, it's always you're trying to work out like how things happen. And I think it's just like sometimes business somewhere does the business wrong. And then, yeah. and it, it looks towards that. It maybe we do the last of us remake and like, is that going to come out of 70 pounds? Like, but, well, but it's like, it's almost like they're acknowledging on the Sony side. Like I said earlier, like they've sort of had to change this hubristic approach to be like, no, there are some things that we can't just be completely. We are Sony about like, if, like I said, yeah. if they attached a 70 pound price tag to either of those games, they would have been dragged for it. And that's a weird reflection on the production quality, the length of those games, how threadbare something like destruction all stars is and the microtransaction elements that maybe offset a premium price point. 
Um, and to sort of like, you know, I throw that in, Ratchet and Clank is going to be the next game that'll be um, the £70 price point. But I love the conversation around that, and it's not something I agree with, um, is that because it's a platformer, it automatically isn't up there with the 70 it can't be like, you know, it's it's not up there in this weird nebulous quality with the Uncharted, with The Last of Us. Yeah. Um, and I don't agree with that at all. I think, you know, if you think if you think your game is worth 70, then go for it. I think my right. issue with Returnal is more to, to do with the marketing and to do with like the core of it and things like that. It's weird because I'm really not feeling Sony stuff. Because I mean, I, I, I'm not into like, like I like <clears> it more than Jack and Dax. Though. There's a reason we don't have Jack and Dax anymore. And then we dead. I believe you found because, it was. <laughs> because Naughty Dog found that saw the light and made far better products. But um, Ratchet and Clank for me, it's just like, it's just, every, they've always, as an ignorant human, it's always like poor person's Crash Bandicoot. You know what I mean? Like I just wanted more Crash Bandicoots. And I there were these games that I could see enjoying that I would play, but I think I'm just over I think it's interesting, of, like, yeah. picking that apart. Is there something about, like, the genre that just goes like, that? I just don't want to put £70 towards that because I know I'm not going to get as much out of it as a premium feel. It's, it's weird, part. isn't it? Because, like, if it was a Spyro, it's, 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 I don't know how it's tendrils in me because I feel like Ratchet's Clank's probably, you've enjoyed the most part of them, all of them, right? Or What, the 2016 one? Uh, all the, the, the series in general. Like, I, yeah, 2016 was really solid. Yeah, I mean, it's coming off like a really well-known, well-regarded entry. And these things look like playable, like Pixar games, Pixar mm-hmm. movies for the most part, and they look lush, but at the same time, it's just like, there's just this like invisible sort of like, ah, but not really. I'm just, I, I get why people, <laughs> and I, I'm trying to be like the the sort of like, reason out why this is happening rather than just being a person like ah, it's a platform i know when i would i would probably pay something for that for a crash or mm. I would pay a lot for an able or well, I mean, it carries across because part of why i don't think returnal is worth 70 is baked into it being a roguelike i don't feel like i'm seeing 70 pounds worth of content yeah. but i'm also struggling to beat the third boss and i haven't seen half the game yet so there's like there is that but i may also never see that because the genre <laughs> is directly in the way, but that's a whole separate thing. Um, yeah, Josh, what's your thoughts on genres being worth different amounts of money? Yeah, I think that's where, again, I think that's where we get to sort of like walling off certain things and mm. narrowing our view of value and what should be greenlit. Because I know, you know, even before the 70 pounds thing, a lot of people had this like stick on the shoulder about, I don't know, that's not a thing. A stick on the shoulder. That's not. <laughs> if you're predator. That's nothing, that. Chip? Chip on the you shoulder? Know, chip, chip on your shoulder. Yeah, had a chip on the shoulder about um, platformers in general. You know, it felt like they were viewed as this very outdated thing. It's very mm. PS2, PS1 era thing. And, you know, a lot of people kind of like didn't even want to pay 50 pounds to play like a new platform or something. So to get Ratchet The Crash 4 sales were less than Insane Trilogy. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, Roy was talking about there about like, if it was a spire and a crash, you'd be gravitated towards it. And that, again, that like brand recognition and that nostalgia certainly plays a role in it. You know, Scott, like you said there, Crash 4 sold worse than the NCN trilogy, mm. partly that, because it didn't have that nostalgic factor of people going back to it. And it was it. more, it was more, and there was free yeah. games in the NCN yes. trilogy. Like, so like, the, there's those factors that play against it. Like Activision, like, oh, we can get some sales here. Let's just put one game out now and then let's put the price up on that. So like, it's things like that where I feel like that got business screwed. And if it was like, say, more more in line with the insane trilogy it would have probably sold better yeah yeah i think you know if there's if there's a difference between ratchet and clank because obviously you know so many people love the ratchet and clank franchise you know that's like arguably Alicia benroy as beloved as a crash or a spyro to people of a certain generation mm-hmm. but if this was like knack three like no no one's <laughs> looking forward 
to knack three at that price point, even if it looks as good as Ratchet and Clank does. No one would buy knack three for a tenner at this point. Exactly, exactly. So that's when the element of kind of, I keep, I sound like a broken record, man, but that's where the element of like that brand recognition comes in and that playing into fandoms and being loyal to certain things and then ultimately using your business sense to extract as much money from those people Mm -hmm. as um, possible to get your money's worth, you know, so... Well, it feels like, I mean, it it is that conversation that they must, like, at some point they're going to have this conversation of, like, it's the back and forward of how much do we need to to charge for this game to make sure our budget comes back and everything else? And how much can we get away with? Like, then that, how much can we get away with side of it was very much the PS3 era. um, And it it completely bit them in the backside and it didn't do very well for that entire generation. I don't want that to happen again. Let me use an analogy of Resident Evil here. Like, would you rather have a game the quality of, a Resident Evil 6 where it is almost 30 hours and you've got four campaigns and all that sort of stuff or like a nice tight Resident Evil 7 where that's like a that game's probably what like first time first time around like maybe a nine hour and it's a five hour and you get for it's it again. pretty like, tight yeah yeah just how you're almost for it again aren't you and it's like you're smashing for it now right yeah blasting through it this time you know and would you rather that or would you rather the six model where it's just like, how about we just shove donuts in your mouth and you're gonna keep going <laughs> and it's never gonna end? Like, you know what I mean? Like and seven ended up selling more than six. Yeah. I mean, it's all for me, it's always like the how how can you tell the craftsmanship that's gone into it? Can you yeah. tell that it wasn't elongated and bloated? What are the design elements that you can pick apart and say, what is the core of this game? Um, how has it been designed? And and what parts did they elongate? What parts feel like they were stretched out to hit that invisible mandate of making sure it's worth a certain amount of time? And I feel like that's the thing, like I said, that comes up so much in the Ubisoft titles. Um, and isn't really uh, Returnal is a is a crafted, like immaculate experience for what they're going for. Um, and I think that all of this stuff is is a big talking point the resident evil one is interesting because resident evil 7 is so tight i remember finishing that game just thinking that could have been a really great movie or a secret a couple of movies or something um Mm. but like yeah i guess in regards to like resident evil they capcom are they know that they don't need to draw anything out like it's going to be fine regardless they've learned their lessons let's put it that way um, (laughs) we've we've had some ups and downs and uh, they've gone too long too short and but I think we're in it. We're in the best place now. I say the franchise has ever mm. been. So you know, ultimately to bring it full circle, I guess for the because uh, yeah, the question for this podcast is likely going to be, you know, has the price point killed Returnal? Um, what do you guys think is the solution going forward? Is it just a base price point reduction thing? Is it something like a PS Plus trial? Like, is it that the the game needs a bigger marketing push? Because I feel like Sony have kind of dropped the ball. Like everyone knows Returnal exists, but it's just not really being played. I think with them, you know, with Sony especially, again, I'm, I'm going to use this as a way to somehow plug Game Pass yet again, you know, if this was on <laughs> Xbox and then you had like, you know, this increased pricing or whatever, but you also had an alternative way to play it. If you had Game Pass where you could try it out, you know, you're still supporting the developers, you're still supporting Microsoft or whatever platform it's coming out on, but also you get like the barrier of entry is lowered. I don't think generally, you know, I'm in a kind of like paradox because at the, at the, on, on the one hand, I think Returnal is worth like 70 pounds, you know, but only if you've got 70 pounds to spare and only yeah, if yeah. that's not going to be like a huge financial dent or if you haven't got a bunch of other games to play for, you know, and it comes with all of these weird modifiers to that recommendation. And I think it ultimately will hurt it in the long run and halt, halt, I can't even speak, hurt other genres like it, you know, that are trying to kind of, or, or developers like it that are trying to make a name for themselves, trying to break out into the AAA space proper. But when you have this high barrier for entry, it's going to, 
end up with a lot of people just ignoring that game mm. or it becoming like a source of ridicule of people you know, <laughs> using it to bash on Sony more generally for having the hubris, like you said before, to increase the price in the first place. I don't really know what the solution is now because they've committed to it. It would feel weird to go back in it, but I do think they're going to get into a really weird position when Horizon Forbidden West comes out and presumably God of War 2 when you've got these different versions of the game. You've got a PlayStation 4 version, you've got a PlayStation 5 version, and then they're really going to have to justify why the PlayStation 5 version is more expensive, you know? And I don't think they can just say, well, haptics, well, resolution and stuff, because it's like, we've already paid for the console to get that stuff. Like, that. why you also... And the Xbox side will be doing that stuff for free. Like, yeah, exactly. And better. Well, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, it's just, yeah, I think it's just a, a hell of a, a, a talking point. I think for me, like they have access to PS Plus. They have this weird, like I said, hybrid approach to how they're uh, marketing their games. They could have done a couple of biomes from Returnal, put that out on PS Plus and then have the upgrade path if you want to keep playing, you know, because the end of uh, the second world, you've seen a fair chunk of that game uh, after the second boss or something. And hey, if you want to keep playing, it's a steep price point to pop on the screen, but that's your upgrade cost and the full game's already maybe downloaded or something. And you just keep go from there. Um, Sony, I feel are yet to figure out the benefits of their monthly service in a way that Xbox do. And obviously Xbox's side is just, here's the full game because you're already on Game Pass. But I wonder if there's other ways to like split those revenue models up or split like the access points up and things like that. Um, but yes, let us know what you think. It's down in the comments below. Did you pick up Returnal? What do you think of it? Um, and if you didn't, let us know why you didn't pick it up because I think that's going to be the majority of people from the looks of it anyway. Um, for now, this has been the What Culture Gaming Podcast. I've been your host, Scott Tilford, joined by Ben Returner. I'm going to go to sleep now. And Josh Brown. Me too. I'm going to pull this blanket on me. Bye-bye. I will catch you next time. Bye-bye. Good night. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.